0: This is a Media 8 production. So I have this weird thing. I have like this advisory board in my head, which I consult. When I have a dilemma, I put it mentally in my head around this table of advisors. So Musk is on there, Mark's on there, but there's also a lot of peers that I highly respect on there. And it's like, what would they say in this situation? And then you get all these opinions back and it's all just totally in my head, right? So it's total garbage. But it's like, what would Musk say to that? The world is
1: full of amazing people, and once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Humans. Welcome to Awesome Humans. I'm Brett McCallum, and today's Awesome Human has got a bit of a story behind it. When this bloke was eight years old, he had a light bulb moment not long before he'd been given a Commodore 64 computer back in the 80s, and he was very intrigued by it. Then his sister's boyfriend, in an off-the-cuff moment, noted it was easy computer to write software for. This bloke's come a long way since the 80s, and being that eight-year-old kid, he's now currently the Benson Entrepreneur Award winner. He's a good mate, and uh, he currently runs Startup Catalyst here in Brisbane, where we're actually recording from today at the precinct in the valley. His name's Aaron Burkby. G'day, Aaron. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Not a bad intro. I'll thank the Financial Review for that one. That was awesome. Did you know you don't actually have a Wikipedia page?
0: No, I do, I do know that and I actually I, like it but I don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought a man as famous as you, you'd actually have one by Oh, out. far from it. <laughs> so, mate, let's go back to the very beginning and mm-hmm. uh, when it all started. So, when did it all start?
0: You, yeah, well, that, that moment you described. So, um, I do vividly remember that, that conversation with the Commodore 64 and, and this, just this moment that you could actually invent something out of nothing, like out, out of just code, just typing would make a game. Um, so I remember getting my parents to drive me to the library to go and get books on coding and BASIC, um, and sitting there and wasting hundreds of hours just coding <laughs> to move pixels on a screen. Um, but that I, I just still have that feeling, you know. That that's the beauty of software is that you can make something out of nothing.
1: And is that so? That's that's the first sort of moment you realise that's what you want to do.
0: Yeah, that and and this other quirky thing about business. So uh, so my parents were entrepreneurs, okay. and I remember that, So Mars bars of all things ran this campaign where you could collect. Uh, rappers send them in and they send you a check. And I remember getting this check. And <laughs> How I big was the check? Oh, it, it wasn't a lot of money. I can't remember how much it was for, but I framed it. I didn't bank it because <laughs> <laughs> I just was so excited that someone would send me money for something. Any idea where the check is, these? No, I have no
1: idea, actually. You'll come across it one day. Yeah, It'll hopefully. be in the bottom of a box at, at <laughs> Mum's house, I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> so where'd you grow up? Let's go back to the very beginning.
0: Uh, so I was born outside Taree, a place called Kuringat. Okay. I uh, grew up on a farm and then uh, – we moved the family to the U.S. So dad dad was uh, studying drama. So we went and lived one year in New York and one year in L.A. and then moved back uh, into Sydney after that. So spent most of my life actually studying, uh, sorry, growing up in Sydney. So how old were you when you went to the States? Oh, it was early. So I would have been maybe or oh, 10, probably about So you 10. remember it? I remember bits of it, but not much. Okay. Actually, maybe even younger. Um, so, yeah, just fragmented pieces of What
1: it. about Taree? Do you remember? Oh, no, I know. Yes. Of I
0: remember a lot about Taree. So I spent a lot of time in Taree because uh, fam- a lot of different family members were based there for a long time. Okay. So the holiday place, was it? Yeah. Always going there, school holidays, getting out the dirt bikes. Yeah. yeah that Is was that cool. where the love of bikes come from? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Young age,
1: on the farms. It was good. We're sitting here in Brisbane, Vegas at the moment. It's pissing down rain. <laughs> and uh, Aaron walks in with a helmet. And so I think you're going to a bit wet on the way home. Yes. <laughs>
0: So, what's your earliest childhood memory? Oh, so I have two, uh, because I don't know the timeline of either of them. Um, one was a little plastic pedal car on the balcony, like on the back deck, um, on the farm where I was basically born. So I don't know how long we were there for, but that was before going to the US. Yeah. And then another was getting into a fight at kindergarten. Oh, did you win? I don't think so. <laughs> was it with a bloke I don't or a think girl? I've won a fight in my life. <laughs> It was with a bloke. It was with a bloke. Oh, yep. that's all
1: right. You got beat up by a guy. That's yeah. not too bad. <laughs> so we, when I first met you, was a mm. f- f- many years ago now on the Gold Coast. You were running a, um, a uh, incubator, I think, called Silicon Lakes. Yep. And mate, you were one of the one of the guiding um, forefathers. Let's call you that, because no one's ever <laughs> done that. Forefathers of Gold Coast technology, because you and a couple of mates actually started doing something where you could help other people and. When I first met you, um, was it a startup weekend? That's right. Um, yeah, and I, I won mentor of the weekend. That's right. Add that, and we've got a bottle of wine. I think you've I won that a few a, times. I have really? actually. Everyone yeah. I've been to, but let's not go. It's not about me. This is about you. But um, but yeah, when when we met, and you were doing a lot of really good things to the public, and myself and a couple of my business partners at the time were uh, we're looking at what we could do to help people as well, and yep. we really liked the, the way the size of your heart and the, and the, the people you were working with, and that's really how we all became to know each other, which is a which is a good thing. Hmm. But
0: then you left us and you moved to Brisbane.
1: What's <laughs> yep. the go there? What happened?
0: <laughs> what happened? Uh, well, first, thanks for the kind words. Um, yeah, look, so Silicon Lakes, what we were running down there, it, it was really hard. And I think, honestly, I think we, we screwed up the model. So mm-hmm. we, we did it as a not-for-profit, entirely volunteer-based, um, thinking that that would create a green zone that brought everyone together. But yep. the challenge with that is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, myself but all, all the volunteers they, they just couldn't sustain that plus if they were working or plus the demands of home and everything else for me the, the challenge became and I think we screwed up a few things in terms of how we delivered stuff as well but the challenge became one of the struggles I had was that the lack of corporate engagement yep um, but then also some stuff for me personally so um, around that time so I, I'd exited from a business previously I, I screwed up how I structured that deal ended up in a tax debt You know, wife and kids at home, questioning why am I giving all this time to volunteer in the community when we owe owe the ATO? Shouldn't we solve that problem? Uh, So I went and took a job, um, which I hated. Yeah. But I I went and took a job of all places in the Queensland government. Wow. Yeah. So this was uh, pre-Advanced Queensland, looking at some of the policy work. And then um, so I stayed there for about seven months and then flipped to run the accelerator up here in Brisbane. So so help bring in the, the Telstra accelerator.
1: Uh, Was it River City Labs? I was at River City Labs.
0: And then from there, just got caught up with that and I was commuting every day up here, often spending one to two nights a week in a hotel, not because if there's late events, early start. Yeah, exactly. So then I just couldn't do the commute anymore. So we moved the family up about two years ago, just short of that. Um, Yeah, it's been an interesting journey. What did the missus think of the move though? So she, she was actually quite receptive and because and I had to, so I was actually in Silicon Valley when we moved, so she did everything. <laughs> so she literally moved the house plus got the kids in school. Um, so no, she loves it. But it's funny, just even this morning talking about maybe one day moving back, back to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Coming back to Coast country.
1: <laughs> yeah. And what about, uh, you've got kids?
0: Yeah, two kids, six and four.
1: And how are they at school and everything now? Yes,
0: yeah, so my boy, he's six. He's he's uh, in year one, but my daughter's still uh, just daycare a couple of days a week. What do they think you do? It's, it's a really interesting question. So they, they know now that I help people to build businesses is the way they think of it. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So I try and drag them into events and, and things yep. um, so that they can see and get engaged. So then they get really excited and they want to do their own business, which is good. That's awesome. Yeah. Especially at six and four. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think they fully understand what I do. My parents don't understand what I, mean, I do. No one understands what I do. I don't understand what I do.
1: Exactly. It's a good point. It's funny. I got to, um, Everyone asks me what you do and I say, well, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm. And they say, well, what's an entrepreneur? Yep. So I, I did a gig back at um, Bond Uni a little while ago and I was, I was lecturing, which is ironic that I went to university for a day. We'd end up lecturing at Bond for a couple of <laughs> days, which was <laughs> Anyway, and I actually asked the question. I said to the guys, what's an entrepreneur? And one put his hand up and he said, oh, you're help people make businesses. I said, oh, that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Another guy put his hand up. You know, you always know that smart ass in the class. He, yep. he turned around and goes, means you're unemployed. And I went, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's so true. So how would you explain what an entrepreneur is?
0: Oh, man, that, it, it is difficult. So I, I don't like the word entrepreneur. Are you an entrepreneur? I, I consider my, I am. I'm entrepreneurial, but I, I, okay. I like the word founder, like someone who yeah. actually starts. Because lots of people say they're an entrepreneur, yeah. but they're in a job where they're getting paid by someone else. Good point. And that to me, unless you've actually, you know, you know what it's like, right? Like 100%. the heartache of having to, how do you find payroll to pay your staff? <laughs> how, how do you keep things afloat? Um, so when you're a founder, you have that experience because everything relies on you. But I think there's lots of people who call themselves entrepreneurs who really just have jobs. Side hustle. Yeah. bit of side hustle. J-O-B, just an ordinary bo- bozo. Like but they
1: also work on isogenics or something like that. So they're from an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I do,
0: str- I do struggle with I mean, I, I think it's someone with the ability to see opportunity but actually take action around it.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's good. Now, I'm very jealous of you because you have the best job in the world. So you <laughs> Sorry, don't do – yeah, you are. You do have a job.
0: I do. I actually do. It but it's the best job
1: that. in the world. No, Mark doesn't know. Mark's with us today as well. He's, he's sitting in the background here. He's got no idea what you do. Right. I always say that you have the best job in the world. <laughs> yep. To me, all you do is travel around the world, take entrepreneurs with you and meet people. Yep. Is that pretty accurate? That's pretty accurate.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so what is it? Tell us about it. Well, yeah, there's a couple of ways I could pitch what I do. But but uh, so Startup Catalyst So it's set up. Three years ago, by Steve Baxter, um, with the goal. So originally, just focused on young. That's Steve Baxter, the Shark, or the Shark, shark tech in Australia. Yep. Yep. Great bloke. Good guy. So he he saw this thing. He basically recognised we have this awesome tech talent in Australia, but they just think way too small. They move really slow, and they don't they don't work on real problems. Mm-hmm. So he thought, well, let's. He personally, first year, funded twenty young techs to go. Oh, no young. Uh, so at the time, it was between eighteen and twenty five. Okay to go to Silicon Valley, fully funded for two weeks and just immerse them in startup Ebola and basically break them, like make them see what's happening overseas, the pace, the scale, but more importantly, make them realize that we are just as good if not better talent wise. So uh, that ran for two years, second year had some sponsors, actually even the first year there were a couple of sponsors. Um, But now what we do, we do that not just for youth and techs, we now do it for startup founders, we do it for corporates, uh, public servants, academics, investors um, and not just into silicon valley we go to israel london or so actually through europe um, and also now into asia so the, the picture i give like it is the best job in the world because <laughs> basically what i have to do is take people overseas get them drunk and get them talking to each other um, but the other pitch is it, it is literally about reprogramming people Yep. so these are not trade missions they're not tech tourism Th- these aren't moments you can go and see by watching youtube these are moments where i mean last year they spent something like 10 hours at facebook with one of the heads of engineering wow and they get to see some really cool stuff that they're not allowed to talk about but more than that they they have moments where they break down and cry yeah and they actually unlock like childhood moments they they unlock not just career changing things but life changing things that's awesome. so it, it is a pretty cool job
1: that's wicked and mark and i are going to come on one of your missions yeah please do, do. take over age sort of gray hair yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a so, really good excuse for my wife. That yeah. I'm actually going to go overseas, all that sort of stuff. It <laughs> all comes as part of it. Okay, so I ask this question a lot to people when I talk to them, and that is, what's the best startup you've ever seen or heard of? Like to me, there's one that was released I think about 18 months ago, and it's that idea that you just wish you had a had. Mm-hmm. They make around a million dollars a day now. It's absolutely ridiculous. They get to sponsor the Mighty Manly Seagulls, but Lotto Land. Right. Like the reason I love Lotto Land is because someone went out there and thought, how do I disrupt Lotto, the lottery, all that sort of stuff, mm. and be able to give away millions and billions of dollars from all around the world, and make it simple. And all they did was take an insurance policy out against the Lotto. Right. And to me, that's really something really basic. It doesn't change the world unless they do good with the money, obviously. Mm. But at the same time, it's just genius. And that sort of thing, that's my favourite startup at the moment. And. I suppose they're not a startup anymore. They're, they're a very well-established company with thousands of employees. But uh,
0: yep. yeah, so what about yourself? It's, uh, so I struggle with these questions. I, I struggle to find one or think of one because I get really excited about technology. So <laughs> technology-wise, the, the one I like at the moment, um, they're actually based here in Brisbane, Maxwell MRI. So the pitch is they're basically curing, or well, not curing cancer, but getting better at detecting cancer. Using machine learning over images out of MRI machines. Wow! So moving to a model where, imagine if you got yourself regularly scanned, and that th- those images just go up into the cloud, and they just process, and they they can detect cancer ten years in advance of when they currently detect wow. it. Wow! So it's, it's really impressive, and the guys behind it are impressive. They're Catalyst alumni, so I'm giving them a plug. My lotto thing's a bit shit. When you're talking about hearing <laughs> <and> cancer. <laughs> well, it's cool, but but that but I like where you went with it because that's the thing. Like when. When you just take a simple idea but you just execute the crap out and that's of it so well done. yeah I love that stuff so when when you see those good founders who just just they just change a tweak of business model it's not even about the technology that's really impressive
1: yeah it's it's interesting you know, when we first met um you said earlier about how you were a not for profit and that was yeah. the worst thing I remember standing up at one of your events and announcing that we were a not not-for-profit yeah, because, because we were actually a for-profit thing. We were there yep. to help people and stuff, but we also wanted to make money. Yep. And we lived by the philosophy at the time is that we want to positively affect one billion people mm. and make one dollar off every single one of them. Yep. So to me, that's the sort of philosophy that I live by is the fact that you need to profit from these things. And like the MRI guys, mm. have they got a good business model behind it? Is there is there a, a great way they can make money off it or is it just to help people?
0: No, no, no. So there will be a commercial model. So at the moment… Uh, they have one model. They're looking at other options as well. Okay. So at the moment, it's sort of pitched as a tool for uh, clinicians, basically, um, to help with the diagnosis. So it's right. a diagnosis Subscription tool. service or something like that. Yeah, but, I, I, like, I'm not that close to them to know that what other models they're looking at. Um, but, yeah, sustainability is a massive one, right? Like, mm. ha, how do you actually how do you actually make ventures sustainable but also still have an impact, which is important. Well, so.
1: Very important. So we start up Catalyst. Like, you said they were one of your alumni. So do you mm. keep tabs on them? Do you invest? What do you do? How, how does that work?
0: Yeah, so it's something, look, we need to do much better, but we do keep tabs on the alumni network. It's quite a powerful network. Um, but not just the alumni, it's like the, the application pool. So we just had 530-something applicants from across Australia for 20 places on the next youth mission. Wow. And in there, like, they are some freakazoid level talent, like phenomenal. So we need to get better at, like, working with them as well. Yeah. So now what's happening, we're getting VC firms, we're getting startups. call us up. For recruitment, because the the biggest problem in any growing startup is access to talent. One hundred percent. We've got this talent pool, so we we need to actually better manage this. So Um, maybe
1: create a startup that recruitment company from the start. Yeah, Yeah. well, it's potentially a funding
0: model for Catalyst. There's something in it.
1: Maybe we could talk later about. (laughs) (laughs) So what's next for you? How long you got with Startup Catalyst, and is this for is sort of stay here for stumps, or what's the?
0: Uh, That's a good question. So I I can probably talk publicly about this since my board knows and others know, but I I I do want to go on and do my next thing. So I've been with Catalyst. 18, 20 months. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have three goals for Catalyst: to get it sustainable, um, bring in, build the team out and then find my replacement, which I'd like to do within the next six months. i just put my hand <laughs> up for that. <laughs> There's a lot I of, mean, a lot of people that want sign that Sign me up. Um, but I love it. Like, I, honestly, I could stay in this role for a long time yep. because it's having a massive impact. There is something I want to do next, which is um, in a similar space, but building startups from the talent first. So looking at actually taking our best talent giving them no-one problems or setting them challenges like okay. how the, the Maxwell guys started um, and then spinning them out as startup companies. Great idea. So that's that's something, I don't know, we need to, it's all theory. Yeah, of but course. But it's, it's been proven overseas with a model overseas. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'd love to be doing next if I could make that work. Excellent. So when's next? When? That's a loaded question as well. <laughs> um, you don't have to answer it. Obviously. Oh, look, the perfect answer is that it's live and in market by Myriad so we can launch it then around May. Yep. Yeah. Um, but given the goals that I have, like I've, the goals I want to achieve with Catalyst, it's, it might be unrealistic to get it all done okay. by then.
1: Fair enough. Um, there's some people in life I look up to. Uh, I listen to a lot: Gary Vaynerchuk, Robert mm. Kiyosaki, Richard Branson, those sort, of, those sort of guys. Previously, Donald Trump, up until recently. <laughs> um, who, who is it? Who's, who's that person for you, or a couple of people for you that yeah that, that make a difference in your life?
0: Um so so definitely so I got a yeah, serious man crush on Mark Salby, so the the outgoing chief entrepreneur for Queensland. Um so I've been lucky to spend a bit of time with him and just a real powerhouse in business, mm-hmm. but um relatable. So he he's very human, very genuine, but just an incredible business mind and and really good human people skills. Yep. Uh, so he's one. Um there's a couple of others like Elon Musk in more of the tech, aspirational, again, man crush. Yep. Just ticks a lot of boxes for me. Um outside of that there's there's all different role models so some i'd consider so i have this weird thing i I have like this advisory board in my head Mm -hmm. which i consult so when i have a dilemma i put it mentally in my head around this table of advisors so musk is on there mark's on there but there's also a lot of peers that i highly respect on there and it's like what would they say in this situation and then you get all these opinions back and it's all just totally in my head right so it's total garbage (laughs) but it's like what would musk say to that you know, what would Steve Baxter say to that? And and you get this really interesting reflection. It's probably just my own reflection, but it gives yeah, you a, a reality. So that's the other tool I use. Um, but yeah, nationally, like my, most of my other ones are sort of peers, I'd, I'd say.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. You mentioned Steve a couple of times in this. Obviously yep. he made a big difference to your life from a yeah. where you were to where you are now and all yep. that sort of stuff. And I know you used to do some work for him and things from that whole shark tank thing. Yep. I won't go into Steve as much directly, other than I know he likes to drink beer. Um, <laughs> But what do you think of the whole sort of Shark Tank concept? Yeah. Is it a farce? Like, is it just getting people in there for TV sake and stuff like that, or is it something that we could do properly? Like in the one in the US, I watch a lot. Yeah, and you got like billionaires sitting at the table. They're doing good deals. They're actually doing a whole pile of work. Mm. The one here, yeah, it's good. It's good concept. It's a lot better than Dragons Den used to be. Yeah, but at the same time, there's still a bit of a like how that bloke get on that show?
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> there, there is. So, I mean, look, it's reality TV. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been fortunate enough, knowing Steve, to actually um, be on set. And I've met – I've actually met all the Sharks, I think, um, except maybe the, the guy who was only in season one who I kind of remember. But um, what I'd say – like, That's right. Um, but what I'd say is, like, watching watching it live – so they, they film for over an hour for each pitch. But we oh, see wow. about – what do we see? Five minutes? Something yeah, like three that. to five, yep. Um, the content, that, like some of the stuff that goes on and the questions from the, the sharks and everything is, is so good. It's incredibly valuable. I remember this one kid that they gave all this advice to and the sharks ended up in this heated argument amongst themselves. And I really wish that made TV, but none of it did. So are
1: they outtake somewhere? Could they make another show out there?
0: I, I wish they did because, honestly, the, the genuineness of the sharks and everything else really came through in that session. Yeah. But it was, it's just lost on TV because it's got to be reality TV. And well, that's the thing, they make Steve out to be a bad guy.
1: Yeah, oh, well, He
0: can he not be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, like in this segment, the the, the bit I saw, I I, I I have to say for Steve, like he gave some incredible advice to this kid. Yeah. And and Janine as well, but it, that that just won't make it to air, which yeah. is a shame. It's
1: sad, isn't it? Really. It from is. that Point of view.
0: Yeah. So I don't watch it. Um, I do think it attracts a certain type. Like I get a lot of phone calls from people wanting to pitch Steve because they've seen him on Shark Tank. Oh, really? Um, so it does attract a certain type of person. Uh, I think there's other models that might be better but I think that you know it's not for lack of the sharks or or their intent Um, I think it's just the nature of reality TV.
1: Yeah fair enough and that's what gets people back to watch it again next week. Yep So mate I really appreciate your time Um, you've come a very long way I think it was probably about 150 (laughs) metres from your office Um, but officially to me you're an awesome human I'm proud to call you mate and I look forward to seeing you become a superstar in whatever you do and uh, really
0: once again appreciate your time Thank thank you so much and thank you for the kind words I absolutely appreciate it. it. hey guys thanks
1: for listening and what an amazing human don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels at BJ bjmacker and look out for more meteorite podcasts